dismantle patriarchy. People that rebelled against the system. And other generation, we have people like the Avanga Wanini from, from, from Kenya. But unlike before, when gay people are so rigid, but now people are trying to, they are starting to understand that this is my life and you, you don't have any power over it. You can't just um, say you want to come out once because you continuously meet people that don't know this part of you. So you have to keep telling them every day that, oh, yo, this is who I am. So the fact that I am being denied of my rights because I am different is an issue. It's a fucking issue which has to be addressed. Angola has done a good thing. What's up, guys? It's your boy, Trollix Music King. If you hear my voice, you know what that means. It's time for another edition of All the Tea with Verse TV. And today, we have a special treat for you guys all the way from Nigeria. We have Mr. Matthew Blaze, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, Matthew? Hi. Hi, hi, everyone. That's what I'm talking about. Look at that smile, y'all. See that smile? Um, so, for our audience who may not know who you are, um, where are you from? Um... I'm from Nigeria. I'm from Lagos, Nigeria. Lagos, so, Nigeria. Mm -hmm. Yes, Lagos is um, a very big, big state in Nigeria, and it was the former capital of the country. So I was born and bred here, and I'm currently studying literature at a university. Nice. Well, awesome. Yeah, so I'm also... Um, I'm also an activist, um, an LGBTQ rights activist here in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. I use um, social media as a means of my activism and my lived experiences as a way of reaching out to young gay people in Nigeria. Nice. Well, thank you for being supportive to the LGBT community in general, you know, especially all the way from Africa, doing your thing, you know, just know we're proud of you over here. In America, thank you for doing your thing. Um, you know, it's important for people to stand up for um, LGBTQ rights, for our rights, and so uh, you're doing your thing. So thank you for that. So being that you are an LGBT rights activist in Nigeria, how does a typical day look like for you in Nigeria, being an activist? Um, um, the the reality of of activism in Nigeria is sad, and it's somewhat depressing somehow depressing because um, Nigeria is is um, a slow society, I would say. A society that is not ready to assimilate. Uh, a society that is not ready to accommodate others or tolerate us at all. Mm -hmm. So the, the growth process here is very slow. So whenever you talk about LGBTQ, um, the government and the 
people at large just just see you as an unserious person, someone that should not be, someone that should not have a platform to talk. So they try their best every day to shut you down, to shut you up, and make it seem like your struggle should, your struggle does not matter. They invalidate you, invalidate your stories, and go, and, and go to the point of, of making you feel so bad about your life, making you regret, regret being gay totally mm. and being an activist. Mm. Um, the country is very slow and it's not really accommodating to people of diverse expressions. Got it. Wow. Well, it's definitely sad to hear, but hopefully as things continue to progress with people like you, things will change for the future. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your coming out story? I know that it can be a continual process in the life of a homosexual yes. around the globe. Can you tell can you tell us about your story? Um, I think I think yes, coming out definitely is not it's not a one time thing. Coming out is a process and you can't just um say you want to come out once because you continuously meet people that don't know this part of you. So you have to keep telling them every day that, oh, yo, this is who I am, and you just have to deal with it. So um, to me, I, I feel the, the, the most important part or the most important coming out story for me was coming out to myself. Ooh, but coming out to myself. And it was not really, it was not really okay because I had to go through some, some, some dehumanizing means until I came out, until I came back to that realization that nothing is changing, I am not changing, and people just have to deal with it. So it was L. I I I had to go for conversations and um, this the the various priests I met they they offered to change me they offered to make me straight and mm, okay. I, um I kept I kept praying I kept fasting I kept doing a lot of shitty things just to make myself straight obviously and. None of them worked. None of them worked. I was still in, in that position. I felt I was still not different from what I originally felt. What I originally felt. So, coming to that realization that I wasn't going to change at all was difficult because I was conditioned. I, all of us all of us in the society, we humans are conditioned to accept ourselves in a particular way. So I was conditioned to accept myself as a as a straight person, whereas I am not even straight. Difficult to break through that conditioning to my own real identity. So, but I I did it and was brave. It was 
was a sign of bravery. It was it was bravery from so add to that of my life now where I don't really give a fuck about anybody and and anything. Um I I just had to I was conditioned to be a straight person. So growing up growing up I had to fight this social conditioning to accept my real identity. Now I don't care about anyone. Fuck the government. Fuck every instrument of oppression over there. Mm. Fuck the people. Fuck every other person that does not want to accept me for being who I am. Um, I I don't give a fuck about them. So fuck them. <laughs> I totally understand. You gotta just get to a point where you're just like, I gotta live life for me. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's what makes me happy. And so I, I feel you would understand, you know, power to the people. Um, <laughs> so shout out to you. In some countries on the continent, homosexual sex between men is illegal, but homosexual sex between women is legal. Are women legally allowed to be in openly loving homosexual relationships? Or does that stipulation only usually manifest if a man wants to see two women have sex? Um, yes, male wanting to see two women having sex because men has come. So, um, I, I think it's not really about acceptance. It's about fetishizing women. There's this, there's this fetishization of women by men. They don't, they don't fucking, like, and if you, if you really examine it, men don't really like two women being together they just love the idea of sex in it and they love the idea of them being in that union they like centering themselves in 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 women's whatever so, <laughs> so um they like it when women are under them they like it when they can give the orders to women oh mm -hmm. yes you can tell a woman yes you can do this yes you can do that and yes, it, it's misogynistic. It's misogynistic because because it, 18 women, you feel women are not up to your standard as a man, and you feel they are under you. You have every right to control them. So it, it's not okay. And I, I think before we, in, in the fact that something is legal, the fact that something is legal is generally acceptable does not mean it does not have flaws, does mm -hmm. not mean it's perfect, does not mean it's okay. Yes, here in Nigeria, here in Nigeria, women are are somehow given a free hand. Free hand. So if you see two women kissing at a club sometimes, um, they don't care. Men don't care about that. They only care about their penises and, and where their penises is going to enter after after the old the old kitchen so so and not acceptance this is not acceptance this is fetish and fetishization is totally wrong we are all humans right we deserve respect right we, we, do, we deserve respect, not because of what we carry. And again, for the aspect of men, there's, 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 
toxic masculinity and toxic masculinity is something we really need to address the fact that um men are not allowed to do some things because they are men mm -hmm. and forced into into that's why i i feel toxic masculinity also is one of the pillars of of homophobia because you feel threatened you feel threatened by by men doing things they should not do which which is totally wrong if we were to accept if we were to understand diversity we need to understand that we cannot all be the same we can never all be the same we are right. all diverse human so toxic masculinity is is like a worm a worm that is eating up masculinity from the inside so you mm. don't you don't get to see it outside but it's eating masculinity from the inside and making masculinity making masculinity a threat to even making masculinity a threat to men also so it's not really legal for women to do their stuff here. Mm -hmm. It's just because of the fetishization of women. Got it. Men see women as inferior people that can just do anything and get away with it because they are women. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Not Got because it. they accept them, not because they like it. They just like the fact of the, they just like, they just like the, Men like dominance, and that's got it. it. Got it. Wow. Well, thank you. So, um, Angola recently got rid of its anti-gay laws because they acknowledged that anti-gay laws came in with colonialism, and being anti-gay is, is not inherently African. When do you feel other African countries may fall in suit with what Angola did? I think it is now. Okay. It's an urgent call. It's an urgent call because the lives of actual people are at stake. People are dying every day because of their sexuality. People are being thrown out of their houses. People are being thrown out of their jobs. They don't have food. People are dying. People are starving on the streets based on their sexuality because oh. of their sexuality. So wow. we are all we are all humans and we have human rights. Wow. We have human rights. It's our right to to freedom, it's our right to 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 be different. It's our right to be loved. It's 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 our right to have a roof over our heads. Absolutely, it's our fucking right. So the fact that I am being denied of my rights because I am different is an issue. It's a fucking issue, which has to be addressed. Angola has done a good thing. Other African countries need to follow suit. They need to read history. They need to read history. They, like, especially here in Nigeria, like, Nigerians don't know history, especially the government. They don't know their history at all. At all. In Nigeria, they still think being gay, okay, it's an African thing, but in Nigeria, it's so strong. I think the notion was strongly rooted in Nigeria because 
these people don't bother looking check checking data they don't bother looking looking back at the past what their forefathers did what their foremothers did what their ancestors did they don't care about any of them they just come on twitter go on go on social media and talk homosexuality is on african as if they ever know african history it's sad it is sad and and the sadder part is that we have to sacrifice lives of actual people before we know what we are doing is wrong before we know homophobia is wrong why do we have to sacrifice People. I understand. You're absolutely right about that. And hopefully that things like this now, what you're doing with your social media can help bring light to that. Um, it's really heartbreaking to hear that people are losing their lives and hungry and starving in the street because they're homosexual or LGBTQ. That's really sad. So hopefully we can help bring change to that. I want to ask one more question um, in regards to that. We're going to move on to um, like, what's it like to date in Nigeria. So um, the, what I was going to ask you was when, um, being um, homosexual, being homophobic in America, sometimes the men are homophobic in America because they're homophobic, them, because they're homosexual themselves. Does that tend to be sort of the same thing in Nigeria? Like when men are homophobic in Nigeria, and nine times out of ten, it sort of seems that they're homophobic, they're, they're, they're homosexual themselves? I don't get that. Meaning, like, so men here in America who are against homosexuality, a lot of them themselves are actually under undercover homosexuals. So, okay. does that apply in Nigeria as well? Like the guys? Yes, I I think this these are human traits, and they 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 apply everywhere, irrespective of the geographical location and and the place, irrespective of all of them. So, um, these are human traits. Traits in Nigeria, it is sick because a lot of the people that attack you would would send you DMs of wanting to have sex with you. So, actual fact, homophobic people are actually gay people. Them, not <clears throat> all, not, not, not totally. Sometimes, sometimes I feel it's just 10 out of, of 100 percent mm -hmm. of the percent are actually people got it i got it okay <clears throat> so i'm gonna move on to what's it like dating in nigeria so um i, I so produced my friend of thirsty aaron here sometimes moves his jacked and adam for adam um do you got do you have do you, ever, do you know what those apps are uh jacked or adam for adam do you know what that is huh so here in America, um, uh, this this apps that we use, it's a dating apps to connect called uh, Jacked and Adam for Adam. Have you ever heard of that before? I think the popular ones here are Grindr, Romeo, and Onyx. Boom, all of that. Well, think about it the same way. So we use those things here. So Aaron sometimes puts his, uh, his uh, um, he sometimes location. moves his uh, location to different cities on different continents, right? He actually sees that there's a lot of dudes online with face pictures. It makes it seem like it's not rough to be openly gay over there. Or are those people risking their lives when they put their, their face on the app? Or, or is it? Or people just sincere, like, it's between me and you if you're in the app, we don't tell nobody. Or they're risking their lives by putting themselves out there in public. 
Um, actually, here in Nigeria, people hardly put their pictures up because it's risky, and we have other, other, other. Um, how will I put it? We have other threats to our security, like you have law enforcement agencies being on those apps. Law enforcement agencies being on those apps to, to get gay people, extort them and threaten them. Okay. Um, you get other actual gay people who are homophobic, setting other gay people up, beating them up, to the, sometimes to the point of killing them. And um, you just get people that threaten your security and, and putting your face out there is just like opening yourself up. So, most of them, most gay people in Nigeria hardly do that. But for some, for some, they don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. And I am one of them. I don't give a fuck about, about you or what you have to say. I think it comes from a place of building a wall around yourself building a wall around yourself, then you know when to actually stop people, you know when to actually stop conversations, and you know places to go to and not to go to. Got it. So you start so, to... Uh, yes, it's putting your face out there is definitely risky. I won't advise anyone to do it because there are a lot of things to lose it. But to me, for me personally, I just feel visibility is important. So I try to put my face in whatever thing I am doing, whatever conversation I am having, because I feel um, I, am, I am an agent of change and being visible is a factor for change. So I try to be visible out there. I try to have this conversation with with people on the grass in, in the grassroots and people in other places so that's why i put my face out there but it is definitely risky because some people take up your face and they put you in uncomfortable situations you just gotta be smart about it like if you're gonna do it then you gotta be you gotta stand by it and be you know like you said either be standing for it this is what it is i don't give a fuck i'm gonna do it or, you know what I'm saying, just be cautious. So I get it. So how do you date? Or how do most homosexual Nigerians date if they don't want to be online? Um, after, like, you can actually have your conversation on Grindr, then take your conversation somewhere else. You can actually connect. The, the world is actually becoming a global, global village. And due to technology, you can easily you can easily meet up with people like you. And due to the fact that gay people are no longer, they are no longer abiding to the rules of the society, I, I, I would say. Mm -hmm. It's unlike before, unlike before when gay people are so rigid. But now, people are trying to, they are starting to understand that this is my life, and you you don't have any power over it. So, I think they tend to 
once you have conversation with people on on social media and once you have conversation with people on social media you tend to connect with them and once you realize you share the same the same the same identity then you take up the conversation mm -hmm. to the next level i think that's how most of them did got it i have got never it. been in a because i am so strict with with myself mm -hmm. i mean not yet but one day right Yes, I've never been in any relationship before. But I, that's what I said, but not yet. But hopefully one day you, you will, once things pan out. Oh, yes. yes. That's yes, what I'm saying, yeah. Okay, good. Good, there we go. We were on the same page. So last, like, I got another question, another two questions, and then we'll move on to our tea questions. Um, but I know that there's some gay-friendly clubs on the continent. So what does that look like? And what are the circumstances of going to the club? To the gay club. Gay what? So going to the gay club. No gay club in okay. Well, gay friendly. Sorry. Clubs. Well, not. Well, clubs that, that allow people to be that are friendly with gay people. Gay friendly, as we call them here in America. Yes, those clubs. Yes, you you have some in Nigeria, but um, I I think the situation the situations are different in in Nigeria. Yeah. Especially in Lagos. I, I stay in Lagos. I've stayed in Lagos all my life. Lagos is a very classy society. Lagos is very, very classy. Gotcha. So if you really want to be in those secure spaces, secure gay spaces, then you know it will be in a different place entirely where you have to spend a lot of money to get to and where you have to spend a lot of money to stay in. It is classist and the system tends to favor rich gay people. Got it. Yeah, Makes it, sense. If, if you got yeah. the money, then you can make... So, you, so you can make... If you have the money, you can... If you, you got the it. money... Yes, we get we got the money. You can actually, you can actually not like, not like oh, you, know, you can actually come out and be openly gay if you are not brave enough. It's just like your money gives you an edge. Mm -hmm. Your money puts you in a beautiful place to stay with, with educated Nigerians. Is it called Victoria Island? People that respect mm -hmm. space. People that respect. Things. So your money puts you in this position where you don't have to get harassed by the policemen. Got but it. people that are just like that, people that just like that constitute um, constitute five percent of the of the community here in Lagos because a lot of gay people can't really afford this thing. So it's it. very difficult. It's very difficult to have a safe space to ourselves. It makes sense, especially unless you have the money to afford that kind of space. Got it. So it seems that, um, exactly. it's it seems that around the world, but I I, I, strong, I strongly believe I strongly believe we shouldn't we shouldn't have to pay to be in a safe space. We shouldn't have to pay at all to be in a safe space. We have the right to security. Safety should be 
should be an 100% thing always. So we shouldn't have to pay so much to be in those kind of spaces. And classism shouldn't have to, to determine it. Classism so you, shouldn't exist at all. So you can't, you can't get a husband and raise a family then? I can't, due to homophobia. I can't. No. But, like, strongly, people are doing it here in Lagos, but they, they do it in the eating. They do it in the eating. But I can't. I don't think I can, I can fall in love in a place like this where I have to hide being right. in love. I don't want to hide it at all. I want to walk on the street with you holding my hands. I want to kiss you on the street. I don't want us to only do it in our rooms. I don't want that for myself. So I'm trying so hard to get to a safe space, a safe, a safer country where I'll be able to do all these things without living in denial of my, of my true identity. Got it. Amen to that. So around the world, it seems that our younger generation is more open to people living their living in their truth. You know, love and living in your truth, and 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 whatever ways that love manifests, pretty much like let love be love. Why do you think that is now that our younger generation feels like, fuck it, I'm gonna live my truth and and, and live my life, versus the older generation? Because the older generation have been in denial of that. Okay. They've been in denial of that all their lives because they were taught not to question things. They were taught to live silently and not and not ask why things are the way they were. They were. So, but this generation, this newer generation, wants answers. They want to know why you are restricting them from doing things. They want to know why they cannot be different from other things. They want to know. Mm -hmm. And it is our right to have answer. It's our right to ask, ask questions, rather. And it's our right to express ourselves the way we want to express ourselves. Amen. So the other generation were in denial of this. It's, it's totally okay. It's totally okay that they were in denial. I guess they were trying to be safe. And they were trying to, to be benevolent somehow to the system so it will favor them. But now, we are, uh, we are done with the time of being benevolent with any fucking system that does not recognize our full humanity. We are done with being nice to those systems. We are done with being nice to our oppressors. We want answers. We want to know why you are oppressing us. And even even your reason, your reason does not determine anything at all because you are not supposed to fucking oppress us. So the other generation, as I said, were in denial of this. Some of them were in because um, I knew some people that rebelled against the system. Mm -hmm. Some people that rebelled against the system. 
and other generation we have people like the Avanga Wanini from 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 Kenya. We have um if like I, I have read so much of African history and some some of them don't have names but they rebelled against the system. They rebelled against the system. Gotcha. I think that is we are we are following their path. We are following their path but we are more, we are more now. A lot of us want answers to these questions. I like that. Yes, I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you. So, so that's gonna. That was a great way to end the first part of our interview. We got some more questions for you. That's more like a verse C interview. But wow, that was a lot uh, to take in. Uh, that was a. Um, I just want to say, first and foremost, thank you for, for this, that. Like, listening to all you said and, and hearing the reality of life now, uh, I think it's very important for people to hear, um, especially now in 2020, people to see what's really going on. So shout out to you for that. Thank you for that. It's been, it's been going really good. So I've got some more questions for you. These are our verse T questions. We ask these questions to um, everyone that we interview. Um, and you know, just you know, have a little fun. So we have five questions we're gonna ask you really fast, and these are our versity questions that we ask everyone that we interview. Okay. So question one is this. Okay. If you had all the money and power necessary, what would you do or change that you feel would be most beneficial to the LGBTQ community? I would dismantle patriarchy. Come on now. <laughs> yes. I will dismantle the fucking system. <laughs> oh, good. Um, the system has to die. Gotta die. Out the door. Yes. Done with it. Got it. Yes. <laughs> that was an awesome answer. Okay, so number two, number two. Um, I'm gonna start. Number two starts with the quote. So I'm gonna say the quote, and then I'm gonna ask you the question. The quote is this. Ask not where I live, or what I like to eat, or how I comb my hair. But ask me, what am I living for? In detail, ask me what I think is keeping me from living fully for the thing that I want to live for. And this is a quote by Thomas Morton. Um, so the question is this. What is your goal in life? And the second part of that is, what do you feel like is slowing you down from achieving that goal? Uh, my goal in life is to, to be free, then help other young LGBTQ people in Nigeria to attain freedom also. And I think what is keeping me from that is, is um, the system, the system here in Nigeria, it is so slow and resources, it is hard to get resources to, to, to help people. So I think I might just have to live here and find a better place, get um, enough resources to help others because I can't help others why my life is being threatened. My life is currently being threatened by a lot of people. So I'm just trying to be safe. But my my goal in life is definitely to help other people. Nice. Thank you so much. Booyah. So number three is this. What is your deepest tea? I.e. something that you've never shared on social media before, but something that you're willing to share with us, of course. Um, I, I think I share everything on social media. I share everything on social media, even the fact that I love bottoming. I share that on social media. Uh, okay, so you, you share that on social media. So give me something else there, something we don't know. 
something in the vault. <laughs> oh, not, not the fact I like but Tommy, the fact that I want to try topping someone someday. Okay, Uh-oh. Got it. The team yes. just tears. You're going to flip the script one day. Got it. Okay, cool. No worries. <laughs> we understand. <laughs> Number four. Um, what stumbling blocks have you encountered on your path up, and how do you and how did you overcome them? So, what have you? What blocks have you had along the way coming up, and how did you overcome them? Um, can you come again with that question? Yeah. So, what what stumbling blocks were in your way as you were living your life and growing up and being who you are now as the activist that you are? What blocks have you had in your way? How did you overcome them? Um, I've, I have been harassed and I've been assaulted many times. And um, I've been, I get a lot of death threats in my social media account. And yes, I get physically attacked sometimes on my streets. And um, I, feel, I feel I might get prosecuted in school soon. I might get prosecuted soon in school because once they find out my sexuality, once they find out my sexuality, yes, they would prosecute me. So those are stumbling blocks. The fact that I have to deal with all this and my mental health, my mental health issue, I I have severe anxiety and and depression. So I have to deal with them always. Mm-hmm. And the thought of all this physical abuse and and psychological abuse happening to me always. So I think that they are very powerful, and they are they, they hold me back sometimes, and other times they they become a source of strength for me. Because I feel if I have gone through a lot, I shouldn't be giving up now. You didn't come this far to stop, right. And I mean, the great thing about all of this is that, you know, you decided to stand up and, 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 and you be a voice. And there's so many people that who have their lives tied to you that everything you do is going to be able to free so many people. You know, even talking right now, you may not notice it, but even talking right now is freeing people. You know, so keep doing what you're doing. And um, don't stop, because you've already gotten this far, and you never know how even farther it's going to go from here, you know? There's, you know, there's somebody out there that can't speak or won't speak, and you are the voice for them, and so we're listening, so thank you. Uh, we have one more question before we end this, and the last question is this. Ideally, what do you want to be the legacy for your work when you leave this earth? Um... Let it be known that I have helped a lot of gay people. Put your name, put a stamp in history with your name on it. Yes, Sir Matthew and though, though my name mustn't be in history, my name mustn't be in history, but let it be in the hearts of the people that, yes, I really made an impact in the lives of LGBTQ people, especially in Nigeria. I like that so much. Oh, wow. Well, Matthew... Thank you so much. Uh, it just, my heart is so warm. Um, I'm so excited to have spoken to you. And now I'm like, 
have this fire inside in a different way. Um, you open you open my eyes to some things that I didn't know personally. Um, you know, we see things and we hear things, but to know it, you know, I didn't know personally hearing it from someone's mouth. So I'm hoping that your story touches many people the way it touched me. And um, ultimately, I hope to be able to do some work in Nigeria one day with LGBTQ and LGBTQ rights myself and be able to make a change, you know. Um, maybe if I'm ever, in, you know, there, we can connect and maybe, you know, you know, make some make some things happen. Please tell people where they can find you in case they want to be inspired to get in contact with you or maybe, you know, reach out. Um, okay, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and and Twitter. I do my advocacy work on these platforms, and I use my my lived experiences as as a means of reaching out to people. So um, you can get me on Facebook with Matthew Blaze, and on Instagram with Matthew um, Point Blaze. And that's B L A I S E. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. B L A I S E. Got it. Okay. Awesome. On Twitter at Blaze underscore twenty one. Boom! Just like that. You got Instagram. We got Twitter. <laughs> we got Facebook. We got it all. Awesome, amazing interview. Thank you so much again for your time. All the way from Nigeria, Lagos, Nigeria, ladies and gentlemen. We had. Uh, Mr. Matthew Blaze here for our All the Tea interview with Verse TV. I'm your boy Troy Weeks Music. Thank you guys for tuning in. Matthew's like going to be you. here uh, always with his interview, so you can check it out. And I uh, thank you guys so much. Like, comment, subscribe. And if you want to talk to Matthew, you can write anything below and we'll make sure we'll get your answers. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you.